Thank you for tuning in to the Verb Church podcast. For more information about Verb Church, you can go to myverb.church. Now, here's Pastor Shane Tarpley with today's message. Thanksgiving. I want to thank everybody that come out this past weekend and helped set up for the Christmas trees, the Christmas tree lighting, and those that came out last Sunday night to experience that event with us. And I just, let's give God a hand clap of praise. There were many lives touched, many lives changed last week, and seeds were planted last week. And, uh, you know, that's what I told Shane afterwards. You know, all we are is just seed throwers. It's not up to us where it lands. It's not up to us whether it grows. All we do is throw the seed. Come on. Hey, God gives the increase. That's right? right. That's right. Well, hey, let's go to the book of Numbers this morning, chapter 13. We're just going to dive right in. Um, and while you're turning there, I also want to say thank you to my wife who was here this morning. She had surgery on Tuesday. And... I would have the man cold and be in bed. I'm not going to lie to you. But she got up this morning and is here. And I just want to say thank you, baby, for being here. Because you know God don't call one of us. He calls both of us. Amen. I'm thankful that I know my wife has been praying for me. And (laughs) we're just going to leave that right there. Because if not, I know I wouldn't be able to stand. Because let me tell you something, where is one. Right. And you have to have that support of your spouse. And uh, Numbers chapter 13, we're going to start in verse 25. It's going to be on the screen. It says, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces and you know it said that they were carrying a cluster of grapes on a pole between two of them. I mean it was an abundance of fruit, an abundance everything they needed was in this land okay he says but the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified we even saw giants there the descendants of Anak the Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites and all the Amites live in the hill country The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along Jordan. Listen to this next verse. It says, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. 
The land that we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. And if there was something that I could tell you, that this year has been a year of giants. And that's what I want to talk to you about is, but there are giants this morning. We know that there is a land flowing with milk and honey. We know that God's promises are there. But there's giants. You look at the giants of this year, COVID-19, enough said there. Social distancing, mask, at-home learning, an election year, riots, fires, floods, storms. A homeless church, church online, church at home, work at home, job loss, financial struggles, stuck at home with a family. Some of you may feel like I'm stuck at home with my family. Others think, thank God I'm stuck at home with my family. <laughs> um, marriage problems. Family problems. These are all giants that we have faced and are facing. Anybody facing those things in 2020? Yes, sir. 2020, perfect vision. Yeah, we are perfectly seeing all the giants that are in front of us. They are real, and to us, they are really big giants. Can we all agree on that? Yes, well, let me tell you something. God's people, the Israelites, they had been in captivity. That was a giant. They faced the Red Sea. <laughs> that was a giant. They went into the wilderness with no food, no water. More giants. Now that they're standing there, right there at the land, flowing with milk and honey, God's promised land, only to find walls of these cities, more giants. And then the people inside were giants. I mean, literal giants. We've all been there this year. Something we've all heard this year, some of us have even battled this year, is the giant of anxiety. Anybody battled that giant this year? Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, let's look at what anxiety is. Anxiety is a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Y'all, if we really break this down, something with an uncertain outcome, that is when we wake up in the morning. We've got our plan set out for the whole day. We know what we want to accomplish. But let me tell you something, the outcome is uncertain. Every day can be a, a giant of anxiety. Every day. Thank you, son. <laughs> and I will tell you, I've been there this year. I have faced that giant of anxiety. I've faced that giant through family situations this year. Some of you know about it. I'm not going to elaborate. <laughs> Family situations. 
I face giants here at church. I mean, let's be honest, y'all. Sometimes this is not the easiest place. <laughs> but let me tell you something where God's called us. And we're in this together. We're in this together. We're in this together. I face giants on my job. And then you go trial after trial, hurt after hurt. You begin to get anxious about what's next. <laughs> Anybody been there? Man. What's coming? What else? Could it get any worse? Oh, don't ever say that. Yeah. Don't ever say that. Right. And then we begin to build walls around us to protect ourselves, to protect our heart. I'm not going to put myself out there anymore. Mm -hmm. And you begin to shut down. And you look through all this pandemic and things, and it's retreated us back to our homes. Exactly where the enemy wants us to be. Shut down, closed in, and worried, is something going to come into my house? And we become anxious about everything. Somebody sneezes and you look. It's against the law now to cough and sneeze, just in case you didn't know. You know, it was a fly. I'm sorry. You know? And, and we begin to get anxious about everything. And we start shutting down. Well, let me tell you something. In 1 Kings, all these scriptures are going to be on the screen, and we're going to get there. We're going to land this plane at some point today. But just bear with me, because I want you to be able to share this with you the way God's given this to me. Because, I mean, we all know these stories. We've heard a lot of these stories. Growing up in church, I can speak Christianese with the best of them. I grew up in church. My dad was a deacon. Three or four of my uncles are deacons or preachers. My granddad was a deacon. My great-granddad was a preacher. And I grew up lost until May, May 17th of 1997. So let me tell you something. You can speak it this morning. And we all know the ends of these stories, but I don't want to tell you the end of the story before we, until we focus on the beginning of the story that there are giants in our life. And they're really big. And they really get in the way. And anxiety is something that I have dealt with this year. I can remember calling Pastor Shane one day. And I said, brother, I can't do this. He said, what's going on? I said, I don't know. It's like everything is coming in on me. First Kings. I'm going to give you a little bit of background story before we go into the verse. Elijah was up on Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal. And he had sat there and mocked them as they're calling out to their prophet. And then he calls down, calls on the name of God, and God shoots fire down from heaven. God consumes the altar. He consumes the sacrifice. He consumes the water that they had poured on it. Okay? And you think, all right, this is great. And then in chapter 19, verse 1 says, When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. 
So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you have killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went into Beersheba, into a town, and he left his servant there. Then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. He said, I, I've had enough, Lord. <laughs> Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Just come off of a huge victory. Seen the fire of God come down. Not just to forget the sacrifice, but consume the altar. Took the all the water they had poured on the altar and it was surrounding the altar and all that was just dried up. And then one woman opens her mouth and says, I'm going to kill you. Ain't that the way it happens? <laughs> so you flee and you run and you go hide. And I'm going to leave you out there for a minute. And we're going to go to the next giant. The giant of discouragement. <laughs> I would love to have come in here and give you a good Thanksgiving message. Sorry. But God, God's been dealing with it. I can tell you, sitting right back there in that corner with the production team over three months ago and telling them that there's giants. God's been working on this for a while, so y'all just hang on, okay? The giant of discouragement. Matthew chapter 14, verse 25 through 30. At about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified in their fear, and they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once and said, don't be afraid, take courage, I'm here. Then Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come out to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. And we're going to stop right there. We get out. I remember the day you got saved and you thought you could take on hell and Satan with a water gun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you got all this courage. And let me tell you something, Peter was the only one in that boat that got out, okay? I got to give him credit there. He did get out of the boat. He did walk on water. I don't know what it feels like to walk on water, but I can remember having that mountaintop of victory. And then you start looking around. Why did I get out of the boat? I could have stayed back over here where I was safe. Come on, Come on, man. This is hard. I can't do this. I don't believe you're right there. Next giant, the giant of death. 
or disease. Isaiah chapter 38 and verse 1, King Hezekiah is there. And this is what he says about that time Hezekiah became deathly ill. And the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to visit him and he gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order for you are going to die. You will not recover from this illness. At some point, everybody in this room is going to face this giant. Some of us have, may have already faced it this year with friends or family, co-workers. A giant of death. A giant of disease. A diagnosis. I can remember the doctors coming into the room when I was growing up. They looked at my mom and dad and said, if he gets any worse, there's nothing we can do for him. Y'all know the outcome. Y'all know the outcome. But I want to share that these are diagnoses. These are things that come in our life. This is a real thing that one day that we are going to stand before God. When, when we leave this life, the death sentence is coming. And let me tell you something. Some people are going to receive their healing here. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. We've got evidence of that in yeah. this church. Amen. He's probably asleep by now, don't y'all think? He curls up on the floor, Pijo. Every week, I don't know how he sleeps, all that chaos going on, but he sleeps good. You know, and those of us who have trusted Jesus, maybe we don't get healed on this side. But if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, we still have to face that giant of death. Now so far all these giants that we look at are from outside sources. They're from things that are beyond our control. Okay? Or they're just attacks from the enemy. They're just from life itself. The next giant I want to talk to you about is a giant from the end, from, from within. It's a giant of hidden sin. That thing that you don't want anybody to know about. That place where you don't even let God go. That place that you think he don't even know about. <laughs> that place of hiddenness. That place that when we're in isolation, when we're having to be in our homes by ourselves, that place you go that you don't want nobody to know. This is reality. And it all starts back, all the way back at the beginning of the book of Genesis. Chapter 3. The woman was convinced after hearing from the serpent. <laughs> she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. And she gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate it too. And at that moment, their eyes were open. And suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool of the evening breeze were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they 
hid from the Lord among the trees. And the Lord called out to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden. So I hid myself because I was afraid and naked. And God said, who told you we were naked? Did you eat of the tree, of the fruit? I told you not to eat. I'm paraphrasing there. <laughs> the man replied, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit and I ate it. So not only did he start to hide himself, then he lied about it. Then he lied about it. Let me tell you something. <laughs> this is sin that that, I mean, that's the first sin. The very first sin in the Bible that separated from God. It come with hiddenness and it come with a lie. You look over in the book of Joshua, Achan, he stole from the spoils, hid them under his tent. You keep on reading and, you know, that, that brought sin into the camp. The next battle, they, they lost the battle. Jude, David, the, David looked on Bathsheba in 2 Samuel 11 and when he looked on Bathsheba, he said, I gotta have that. I gotta have that. So he took Bathsheba in, and not only did he commit adultery, then he had her husband killed so he could keep her. Hidden sin, trying to cover it up. Judas betrayed Jesus with 30 pieces of silver. And then kissed him to betray him. You know, all this is hidden sin. It can, can and will keep you bound as long as it's hidden and unconfessed. And here's what I want to share with you. It's just one look. Starts with one look. One shot. try this just one time. But then you go, well, maybe I want to try it again. Nobody will know because I'm going to go back here. And I'm going to stay back here and y'all should see the mess that's back here. <laughs> Not only physical, but you know when you get in that hidden place, there's a lot of mess going on. A lot of hiddenness. A lot of stuff that you think nobody knows about. Addiction. Pornography. Alcoholism. Adultery. Where are you at? You become a slave to sin. something. I know we sit here and we focused on all these giants. The anxiety, the discouragement, death, disease. You can keep naming giant after giant after giant. Everybody's is different. Sometimes it's finances. Sometimes it's marriage problems. Sometimes it's just you don't want to get out of the bed because depression sits in. 
little giant. So how do I defeat them? As Pastor Shane would say, I'm glad you asked. Because I want to go back to where we started. You know, the children of Israel, I told you that they were in captivity through the plagues. This is all in the book of Exodus. And to keep from reading the whole book, is it okay if I just kind of paraphrase? Um, God delivered them from captivity through the plagues. When they got to the Red Sea and seen that giant, God parted the sea. And they walked over on dry land. Then when they got out there and they were hungry, God gave them manna. They just had to go out and pick it up. Then they were thirsty. They had no water. So God caused water to come out of a rock. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Out of a rock in the middle of a desert in the wilderness. And then you get over to Joshua and God brought them right there to that promised land. And they went into that land flowing with milk and honey. God brought down the walls of the city. God defeated those giants. Joshua chapter 2 and verse 24 says this, The Lord has given us the whole land, they said, for all the people in the land are terrified of us. Let me tell you something, church. God doesn't bring you somewhere to leave you. He doesn't give you a partial salvation. When he gives it to you, he gives you the whole land. He gives it all to you. It is ours for the taking. Just got 
worse and he got it real good, okay? Let's back up one more time. After the wind, there was an earthquake. I mean, he's already anxious from all the battles that are coming. But the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied again. He said, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you and torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets, and I am the only one left. Now they're trying to kill me. And God said, you go back the way you came. Travel to the wilderness, and when you arrive, the wilderness of Damascus, when you arrive there, anoint Hazel to be king. And then go down to verse 18, it says, Yet I will preserve, the King James says, I have preserved 7,000 others in Israel who had never bowed the knee to Baal or kissed him. And what he was saying is, Elijah, you're not alone. You're not alone. I've got the cure for anxiety. You go back to where you came from. There's people there that I've set aside. Sometimes we get off and we want to hide away from everybody. We want to get away from church and get outside of God's covering. And let me tell you something, that's when that anxiety gets so high. And sometimes we have to go back to where we came from. Sometimes we have to put down some pride to get there. But let me tell you something, when you get there, you'll realize everybody that's in the room has been off in that cave by himself and had to come back at some point. And God just wants you to be under his covering and his fellowship and to feed those giants together. Together. Come on. It's good, man. By faith. Come on. God defeats discouragement. In Matthew chapter 14, Verse 30, we're going back there. Peter was out there. He then got out of the boat. He saw the strong wind and the waves and was terrified and began to sink. And then he said, save me, Lord. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why'd you help me? He was saying, look at me. Just look at me. All you had to do was reach out. Just look at me. Just look at me. You, you have little faith. You can't do this by yourself. So don't take your eyes off because you'll see the wind. God defeats disease. And I'm going to paraphrase this whole story. A woman has an issue of blood. You've heard it. She had an issue of blood. 12 years. She'd been to doctor after doctor after doctor. And she seen Jesus in a crowd. And she said, if I can just get to him, if I can just touch his robe, I don't even have to touch his skin. If I can just touch what he has on, I can be healed. And so, you know, she presses through the crowd and she touches his robe and she is immediately feels healed. But let me tell you something. It wasn't because of her. It was because of her faith in him. And what did Jesus do? He said, who touched me? 
Let me tell you something. You don't touch Jesus without him knowing it. I'm sure that they were bumping into people all around, but let me tell you something. When you go to go to Jesus with your need and with your concern and with your brokenness and you touch Him, He knows it. And He's there to answer you with a healing that is beyond your control, that is beyond your faith. And He will heal you and He will touch you. And He will do things that are impossible in your He defeats death. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he pleaded for God to give him his life. God, I don't want to die. Give me more time. And let me tell you something. God answers him and says, I'm going to give you 15 more years. I've seen that in my family. My granddad was given a diagnosis of colon cancer and he goes before the elders of the church and said, look, they told me I got colon cancer and I'm going to die. And God healed him and gave him 15 more years. I've seen a young man sick in a hospital getting a diagnosis and it just happened to be coincidence that about half the church was there that night, right? No. God had ordained that night for us all to be there when Pedro's diagnosis came down. And we knew that we couldn't do anything with it. So what did we do? We turned our face to the wall. We said, God, we can't do this. But you can. That's right. But you can. You can, and he now is cancer-free in Jesus' name. I want to talk about Caleb for a minute. Well, no, I want to go, I, I, I skipped one. God defeats hidden sin. If you go back to Genesis chapter 3 and verse twenty. One. It all starts way back then. It says, And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Let me tell you something. The first blood sacrifice was right here in Genesis chapter 3. He sacrificed an animal and made clothing for Adam and Eve. Let me tell you something, to cover themselves. And that was that atoning sin for that whole next year. And if you know, if you just read on through the Old Testament, that's what they had to do was provide that blood sacrifice year after year after year. But let me tell you something, when Jesus died, he defeated it all. He defeated every one of these giants. Every one of them. You know, Caleb was one of the spies that went in that we were talking about in the beginning. And he was the one that said, we can take this land. Well, 45 years later, he's standing there in Joshua chapter 14 and verse 12. It says, now therefore give me this mountain which the Lord spake of in that day. Let me tell you something. He was standing right there when they come into that promised land and he looked at Joshua. He said, look, I have, I'm strong. I feel the same way I did when I was standing here 45 years ago. Now I'm 85 years old. Give me my mountain. I want that land. And if God's with me, he's going to destroy every giant that's in that land because he's already given it to me. He promised he would, and I'm going. As an 
cave in that mountain. So to answer your question, how do I feed these giants? By faith in Christ alone. First Peter 5, 7. I'm going to read this in a few different versions. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You live in translation. It says, cast all your worrying cares to God for he cares about you. New King James says, cast all your care upon him for he cares for you. When God was bringing his people out of bondage, Moses said in Exodus chapter 13, verse 3, said, but Moses protested, if I go and tell the people the God of your ancestors has sent me, they will ask me, what's his name? What should I tell them? This was when they were in captivity, and Moses was getting ready to bring them out, and he said, God, who do I even tell them that you are? God replied to Moses and said, I am who I am. Say to this people of Israel, I am has sent me. So what does that mean? I am the one that's going to deliver you. I am the one that's going to part that Red Sea. I am the one that's going to bring you to that land flowing with milk and honey. I am your deliverer. I am your provider. I am your protector. I am your healer. Yes. What do you need today? Where are you at this morning? I mean, really think about it. You're just coming through the holidays. You're through, through the holiday of Thanksgiving. We're going into Christmas, and that alone can be a giant. What are you in need of this morning? Because he said, I am. You fill in the blank. What is your need this morning? What is your need? Fill in the blank. Who do you need him to be? Alpha, Omega, beginning and the end, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting Father. Who do you need him to be today? What about that hiddenness? Who do you need him to be? I needed him to be healer for my hidden sin. I needed him to be counselor. I needed him to be on the Father. I needed him to be that God of restoration, reconciliation. That's who I needed him to be. What about you? What giants are you facing? were open when you came in, just in case you didn't know, they don't ever close. And if you're still here when everybody leaves, I'll stay with you. But what do you need from him this morning? What do you need from this Jesus this morning? This morning I need him to be communicator. I needed him to be preacher. <laughs> I 
Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Verb Church Podcast. We would love to help you take your next steps. If you made a decision to follow Christ, would like to be baptized, or are ready to connect with us, head over to myverb.church forward slash next steps and fill out our digital connect card. Our team will follow up and help you guide you on your journey with Christ.